Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for being part of Adventures in the Spirit. I'm your host, Jared Lasky. I want to encourage you guys to click the link for the free prophetic download. If you would like a five-day free prophetic activation, I've got that available for you in the description, in the podcast description, in the podcast notes. This is streaming out on all kinds of social media channels right now, and it drops on the Charisma Podcast Network. So please feel free to subscribe to Adventures in the Spirit. I've got a very special guest today, Bob Fox who is recently, well, he was a Vietnam veteran. He was a F-4 Phantom pilot who has lived in the Hampton Roads community for a number of years. He's worked as a pastor, a Navy chaplain. He's a community organizer. He's a global humanitarian. I met him a while ago when I was living in the Hampton Roads community. So please help me welcome Bob Fox to Adventures in the Spirit. Bob, welcome to Adventures in the Spirit. It's an honor to have you on. Well, thank you, Jared. It's an honor to be here. Uh, Thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. So I had met you a a couple of years ago. I was part of a team, uh, Firestorm United, with Power and Love, Robbie Dawkins, City Quake, and things like that. So familiar with you and your ministry, but I would love for you to let our viewers and our listeners know some of your background, some of your story, uh, even how you came to know Christ. Oh, wow. Well, uh, I'll try to, you know, make it brief. Uh, I've lived a long time. I was born in Scotland. Uh, my mo- dad was a GI. My mom was a uh, Scot. They met in London right after the war. And I came here as a baby on a boat, British uh, citizen coming here on a boat, just like uh, a lot of the people I wrote about in my books. And I grew up Catholic. I met God, though, as a young Catholic boy in South Philadelphia. Really was super supernatural. Uh, my mom and dad split through a divorce and I was missing my dad. And one of the nuns said that God, the father is a father. And man, we connected. I don't know exactly how. I know you got to go through Jesus. I shook hands with Jesus at the door and I ran and grabbed the father's legs basically and hung on for dear life. I didn't come to God because I felt I was a sinner. I was just looking for love. And I found a source of safe, uh, persistent love in God, the father. And that's what kept me from self-destructing like other people, my brother did, you know, with alcohol and stuff because of the, the breakup with the family. Fast forward, I uh, go to Catholic seminary for a while. That didn't work out. I end up in uh, the Marines. And while I'm in Japan, I get zapped Number by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I didn't know what the heck. The, I never heard the word charismatic. I got zapped. And yeah. I had to figure it out later. Anyhow, I became charismatic, then a Presbyterian pastor. Then I ended up a vineyard pastor later uh, with John Weber and that whole group. Wonderful uh, time there. You know, along the way, I learned a lot about the gifts of the Spirit and saw a lot of, I mean, I had so many experiences. I got involved with Toronto in 1994. Wow. Right after uh, Randy Clark was there, I went up there as kind of a burnt out uh, vineyard pastor, spent six hours on the floor and came back a different guy. In fact, I didn't see local church anymore. It's sort of in my vision. All I saw was regional church, what the churches could do together if they worked in groups what uh, Christian schools could do together, Christian ministries, you know, like food and shelter, whatever. So it was all about uh, building Christian community among affinity uh, ministries. And I actually resigned from my vineyard church that we started to do that full time, which was not a very good, smart idea. I ended up having to start a painting business to support my ministry habit. And uh, anyhow, 
had a hard time getting back into a church for a long time. So I'm just about to resign after 35 years of being a pastor uh, next week. And I'm going to have more time with my family, uh, more time. Uh, I just got a boat, too. So I'm going to have, have fun awesome. with my family. Yeah, I know. A boat. First time <laughs> in my life. 75 and getting a boat. And, um, and I'm going to spend more time doing what I think I'm called to do as a secondary calling, which is to help build Christian community among Christian leaders here in Hampton Roads and maybe, and maybe beyond. But really, all my life, I've wanted to be a missionary. Can you believe it? I always wanted to go to some little tribe in the middle of nowhere, just spend my life helping them come to know the Lord. My biggest burden, my hottest tears have always been for the lost overseas. So God, I've traveled a lot overseas, of course, mission trips, and I love international students. But, um, uh, you know, God's got me here and, and given me a burden for this region. And so that's what led me to write those two books. Yeah, that's exciting. So let's rewind just a little bit about, um, <laughs> you know, because I could identify with you in a number of things. I was a Marine. Yeah, you know, I've been called to missions for a little while. I was doing some private contract work. Uh, so I kind of mm -hmm. joked about the whole mercenary missionary thing but it's doable uh mm -hmm. we don't like the word mercenary that's uh, anyway no, no, so maybe no. i should scratch that but a private contract by <laughs> vocation i was a painter and that's a secret i don't tell anybody I, but you now, don't it's, tell people. now it's <laughs> out there right now it's all on social media and that was before the marine corps it, it got it paid the bills i'm good at it but once people but i you know i didn't want to do it but once exactly. i once people find out all of a sudden they want to hire you Listen, I, know, I, know. I can't i can't do that anymore i cannot physically i can't do it but let's backtrack uh, you'd mentioned some time in the service what supernatural god stories did you have while you were in this in the service the military service i mentioned getting filled with the holy spirit in japan and iwakuni and uh, that was a big surprise to me I was not uh, walking close to the Lord. I was away from my family for 10 months by the orders of the Marine Corps. It was a tough time, a very lonely time. And I ended up, and, and my, my little metal Quonset hut didn't have any heat. So I would like take a drink at night just to stay warm, you know, so I could go to sleep. Ended up drinking too much. And I just wasn't walking close to the Lord. And, uh, and this, actually this lady in the choir tried to seduce me. And when I realized what she was trying to do, I realized I had kind of let her on by joking around and stuff. And I got really uh, ashamed, like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? And in the midst of that repentance, God zapped me with the Holy Spirit. I was crying because of the situation. And then right after I got the baptism, I got I was crying for joy. And it was like being born again, born again. Uh, it healed me deep inside. For the first time in my life, I felt like I could love myself unconditionally. I could love God more than I ever thought possible, and I could love people. It was a baptism of love, really. Yeah. But I didn't know what it was. I had to come back to the States, and they said, oh, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit and all that. But a good a good, a good, good uh, flying story. Uh, so I'm flying my F-4 out of El Toro. I take off, and I'm headed out to Catalina Island, do, you know, do some whatever. And uh, the uh, a tower comes on guard, which is the emergency channel. All airplanes in the vicinity of El Toro, return to base, return to base. Fly by the tower and put down your gear we found a, a tire, a shredded tire on the runway. <laughs> so I flew by the tower and, and it was me. I had lost the tower, a tire, <laughs> just as I was taking off with this uh, tactical jet that weighed 30,000 pounds empty. So I had to go out to the ocean, dump fuels, get, get my weight down. And then I would come around and land while they foamed the runway, you know, in case of a fire. Well, it took them a long time and they figured out they couldn't foam the runway because the foam trucks were broke. So I had one chance to make this landing and then I'd have to eject the airplane. And I came across uh, the threshold of the runway 
and I was a little high, if you know what I mean by that. I, I should have been a little bit lower on the glide path. And in my head, I heard, cut the power. Yeah. Now, in the Marine Corps and Navy, Navy pilot, you do not cut the power when you come into a landing because you're practicing landing on a boat at sea. So you have the power at 80%. But I heard this cut the power. So I did. I cut the power and the engines spooled down. I landed. I mean, it was the most perfect landing I've ever made in my whole life. I was on center line. Uh, I didn't crack the wing spar because it was just a metal hub there, you know, sort of no rubber. And, uh, and the plane stopped perfectly catching the arresting gear. My executive officer was uh, amazed and so was I. But it was the Lord spoke to me as I came across the threshold and, and uh, saved the airplane and, and might have, you know, I might have gotten injured uh, ejecting. Who knows? So wow. that's one. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Do you believe we are living in the end times? Are we seeing the signs of the times Jesus talked about with wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, and earthquakes? With recent events of social unrest on the streets worldwide, a pandemic, and the shaking taking place in the political realm, we want to answer your questions and calm your fears by giving you hope through our e-course, The Last Days, A Reformation in Eschatology. You can go through the e-course on your time, diving deep into learning how to study apocalyptic and prophetic passages of Scripture. You'll do a study on the mark of the beast and learn about the signs of the times Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21, and hear what the major views of the end times are and learn what the rapture really is. We will lay a grounded and biblical answer to a number of your questions about the end times, and you'll learn if Bible codes are real, and you'll hear if the Shemitah applies to us today, and make up your own mind if the United States of America is prophesied in the Bible. I want to give you a warning. This e-course, The Last Days, A Reformation in Eschatology, may shatter your worldview and what you have been traditionally taught about the end times. Go to www.charismacourses.com to purchase The Last Days, A Reformation in Eschatology with Jared Lasky e-course today. And then you became, so you've got this extensive time in the service. I mean, yeah. as a Marine, as a, a pilot, even as a chaplain, um, right. can you describe some of that for, you know, maybe someone out there? Cause I honestly thought I'd become a chaplain in time, but circumstances, Afghanistan happened in 09 and things like that. Right. So I still have the master of divinity. I just can't you know, serve as a chaplain, but I've served as a chaplain in other ways through uh, in sure. the marketplace and things like that. But uh, how did God open those doors for you? Well, I was working at a Presbyterian church. I really enjoyed the military and I had the credentials, you know, of course, to, to be a chaplain. So I went to chaplain school in Rhode, in Rhode Island to be a Navy chaplain and reserve type. Uh, I just wanted to do it on weekends. It was a hard school because I had been a line officer. I'd been a captain in the Marine Corps. And for the first week, they sat there and told us basically how to tie our shoes and how to put on our uniform. <laughs> and I was bored to tears. Oh, my gosh. In fact, they reprimanded me because I had such a bad attitude about sitting there for almost 40 hours listening to them tell me stuff I already knew. But anyhow, they wanted to hire me full time because, you know, of course, I've got wings. I was I was a Marine officer and all that. But I said, no, 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 I'm, I, I got to go back to my family and all that. Uh, I don't want to travel the world again. I've already done that. So basically, a reserve chaplain is just a, it's a, like a constant training cycle. You don't really do that much. 
the level of spirituality wasn't that great at chaplain school or actually in my command here. You know, there's a lot of restrictions. And nowadays, it's incredibly difficult to uh, to be an evangelical person in, in, as a chaplain uh, because of uh, the, uh, the gay issues and the transgender issues. Uh, it, it's very difficult to even preach or teach about those kinds of things. So if you're called to do that, just know it's going to be a battle. But obviously, it's a great opportunity to minister to a lot of young, and they're young. They're like 19, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, basically. I call them kids uh, in the military who really need spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. So if, if people are called to that, go for it. It's going to be a battle. But, you know, any ministry, even in the local church, it's a battle everywhere you go. Well, you're a veteran of the service, so thank you for your service. Uh, a very prestigious and honorable career. I mean, it's just amazing. I'm sure you've got like millions of stories from that time, but you've been in a local church. You're a community organizer. Uh, I mean, when I was in the Hampton Roads community, I knew that you were doing large events and, and other community organizations and things like that. But now you've got this new venture taking place. What you mentioned is like, you know, next week, I, I guess it sounds like you'll have a lot more time on your hands, but can you share with us about writing? I mean, here you are, you've served many years in the military, in the ministry, in missions even, uh, but now you've got this new venture. Can you uh, share, elaborate on that as to what God is doing through that? Well, yeah, you know, we live uh, near uh, Jamestown, uh, where the Jamestown colony began in 1607. We're about 45 minutes away here in Virginia Beach. It was a God thing. Back in uh, 2002, I guess, or so, God said, write a, a history book about the colony and expose uh, the sins of the colony so that Christians could repent for the sins of the forefathers. It's a concept that you see a lot in the Old Testament, in Nehemiah, Ezra, Daniel, places like that, where it's very clear that the Jews knew they had to repent not only for the current versions of their sins, but for the sins of their forefathers. And so I wrote this history book. It's now called Healing America's Soul. And it, uh, it talks about some of the strengths of the colony, but it's mostly about the defects, the moral defects that have influenced the makeup, the spiritual makeup of, of America. I believe Jamestown was the womb of America, and out of that womb, America was born. So uh, it was all driven by the love of money, pretty much. The abuse of, of white people, the abuse of Native Americans, the abuse of, uh, of African Americans, and uh, the you know sex trafficking began in, in Hampton Roads in 1620. The, the London company shipped over 90 women to be sold to the farmers for 120 pounds of tobacco. Wow. Now, some of them became wives that I'm sure were cherished, but a lot of them became field hands and were worked to death, basically, as indentured servants. When they would get pregnant by the, the, the owner, their, their owner, they would be whipped for being uh, for fornication, and then they would be their time of uh, servitude would be extended. It was a very cruel system. So all the abuses, uh, you know, addictions began there. The colony was built on the sale of tobacco, which was a known addictive substance back then. King James I actually wrote a little pamphlet against the use of tobacco, but the colony was making a lot of money, so they sold it anyhow. Wow. Uh, so in my conclusion, as a uh, sort of an amateur historian, is that the, all the major sins of America began in the Jamestown colony. And if we, in particular, in Hampton Roads and the nation as, as a whole, the Christians, would repent for the root sins, the, the sins of the forefathers and the current versions, then that God would be pleased to heal the land, which the whole uh, book is built upon, both books actually, on 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray 
turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, and I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. In a larger sense, I'm hoping to, I'm helping in a small way to prepare the area for revival. I believe, like many Christian leaders, uh, I'm sure you know of too, believe a great uh, awakening is coming to America uh, and to the world. And so repentance has to happen before any, any personal revival comes or corporate revival. There has to be sincere repentance. So uh, that's what the book was about. And then in 2005, when I was in Houston working with Katrina victims uh, as part of my work with Operation Blessing, God said, uh, you know, I want you to write a novel based on the first book so that people will read this novel and get the same sort of message that the first book had, which is the, the power of repentance to heal individuals and communities and nations. So that book is called Angel 24. And it's the founding of Jamestown from the viewpoint of angels and demons. It's like a Frank Peretti book, you know, This Present Darkness. Uh, if, if anybody in your audience hasn't read Peretti's This Present Darkness, you owe it to yourself. It sold two and a half million copies. <laughs> and its uh, sequel, I think, sold another million and a half. Uh, Peretti, um, so God says, write it. And I said, Lord, I don't even read novels, let alone write novels. <laughs> Get Peretti to do it. He said, no, I want you to do it. And so it took me 16 years, Jared, uh, the last three of which was just editing. It's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. It turned out pretty good. I'm amazed at how well it turned out, actually, because like I said, I was a, a guy who wrote sermons and, you know, a nonfiction kind of stuff. But God gave me supernatural creativity to write the book. And if, you, if anyone reads the book, they'll see that there's some very unique and creative uh, characters in there and plot lines. It's got Pocahontas and John Smith but in a way that nobody's ever seen them. It's got, well, it's got, it's, got, it's got a defective demon named Morph. Poor guy, you know, he can't be bad enough. Every time they tell him to go kill somebody, he screws it up and they, then they, they beat up on him and mock him and everything. And I won't tell you why, but he, he's a little, you know, two foot demon, uh, a cat demon named Morph. And their little angel called Angelique, uh, she's the recon angel that helps the, the hero, Cyan, to defend the colony. So the story's about Cyan, who was a, an emotionally damaged angel in the great rebellion in heaven. And now he's been assigned to guard the Jamestown colony from the wicked schemes of his former best friend. Wow. <laughs> so who's his former best friend? It's one of the angels that rebelled and left heaven. Can you imagine? I mean, a third of the angels left and they were best buds, you know, BFF right. with, all, with, all, with a bunch of other angels. So science best friend uh, left with Lucifer and was thrown out of heaven. And, and now Cyan has to go nose to nose with this former best friend who's now disguised as the Powhatan god Ocheus, which was their name of their god. He's disguised as Ocheus and, and they're duking it out over control of the colony. Wow. So how did the Holy Spirit inspire you to get into writing? I mean, I blog, I've written for different things, different online magazines, Charisma Magazine and, and God TV, Faithwire News, things like that. But I mean, I have a process that the Holy Spirit leads me in. And you said that this took 16 years, but I mean, obviously you, you pushed through it, you know, their life happens, you know, but what was the process that the Holy Spirit leads you through to write? I don't know what happened. I okay. lost you. Uh, oh, there you're back. Okay. I'm not sure what's going on. Everything's good I, on my I, end. So the, 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 
the devil did it, you know. Oh man, uh, come on. So what was the process the Holy Spirit led you through to write or to, you know, to push through and continue with your project? Well, I did it mainly uh, not because I enjoyed it, uh, uh, because out of obedience, I, you know, the Lord told me to do it. So I tried to be an obedient son and I said, okay, Lord, uh, you're going to have to help me. And then as I just sort of began the process, I began to see, holy cow, I didn't think of that. Where did that idea come from? And it encouraged me to, you know, keep pressing on. I saw the hands of the Lord in it, but I had to step out of the boat, you know, in obedience. And then the Lord began to show me that he was with, he was really in it. He was giving me ideas that I never could have come up with on my own. And um, so I, um, but nevertheless, I had to, it's like flying an airplane and, and fix it at the same time, if that makes any sense to anybody. Uh, uh, I had to learn how to re uh, write a novel while I was writing it. So I went through several online courses. You've probably been through some of them too. And, uh, you know, you learned how this guy does it and that gal does it and that sort of a thing. And then you just write and rewrite. I had 13 full edits and I think I did nine of them myself. It's a 480 page book. Yeah. So it's very daunting. The first editor I hired uh, through a friend of mine and it came back with 20,000 edits took me a year to go through that <laughs> most of them were grammatical but still and because I'd written it over 13 years um, now you know sort of now and then in between my my, my day job um, it was disjointed and it had irregularities of, and things that weren't factually true here and there so I had to synchronize and fix all that well my writing process is sitting down at a computer and I use uh, some software I don't write by hand uh, I don't really type that well, but I, but I, I type it in, and uh, and I also used a. Uh, sometimes I would talk it in, you know, like sort of rough form with this Dragon Voice piece of software, and clean it up later. I took notes on my iPhone, you know, audio notes usually, and and so I could remember to, you know, I'm driving along, I get an idea and talk it into my phone and that kind of a thing. All kinds of uh, note taking uh, strategies. I've got you know, a stack of papers like uh, this thick of notes and ideas and everything like that that I've over the years. It wasn't a linear process. About three years ago, a couple of friends of mine who had a publishing company, they saw on on, YouTube, on Facebook that I was trying to publish it and they said, hey, we'll help you. They were old friends of the family. And so I worked with them for about a year and a half before they went bankrupt. And they really got the ball rolling in terms of publishing. They put me in touch with this great editor named Allison uh, I hope I get to meet her someday. And they got me a wonderful cover. Uh, I don't know if you can see, see the cover, but a guy in YWAM in Kona did this cover, a guy named Wayne. I don't even know his last name, but uh, great, great cover. I got, you know, the edits rolling. And then it just took another two years of spending more Saturday afternoons than I ever want to uh, think about, you know, it, just going through it and rewriting it and all that kind of stuff. My wife, of course, is, is an incredible person who will, put up with all of that. I've always enjoyed writing. You know, as a kid, I, I kept a journal of like little sayings that I thought were used someday. And, and I used to read the dictionary when I was a kid because I enjoyed words. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I've always been kind of a word person. Uh, <laughs> but it was nonfiction. It was mostly like ideas and arguments and, and debating things and, doc, you know, theology or whatever. Uh, so this was my first attempt to actually create characters that were, weren't even human and uh, have them interact in a way that's uh, made, it, made them real, made them interesting, and also drove, drove the plot forward. So I guess I, I could talk about it for a long time, but basically it was just a lot of hard work and prayer 
and a very patient wife. And I was following the Holy Spirit, which, you know, you can't go wrong when God says. Do you want to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do you want to commune with the wonderful Holy Spirit like never before? Your adventure with Him will grow tremendously as you go through our Fellowship with the Holy Spirit e-course. You can study the course at your own pace on your time. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit will help you know the Holy Spirit more and encounter Him every day. You'll learn His names, His character, His fruit, His personality, and more. Go to FirebornMinistries.com to purchase this life-changing program and start connecting with Him today. There we go. We got yeah. you now. Okay, we're pushing okay, yeah. through this. <laughs> we're yeah, pushing through yeah. so- there are demons that attack technology. I can tell you so many stories of oh my, my computer going berserko just at the wrong moment, you know, at an important moment. Anyhow, so I don't know if I answered your question, uh, Jared. It was a good question, but it's kind of a hard question to answer in a few sentences. Uh, it's all good. Um, I mean, I mean, the principles of perseverance that you've been through in ministry, in the military, even currently yeah. through writing, and even now as we're, you know, whatever's taking place on the airwaves, come on, we break it in Jesus' name. But Amen. Bob, <laughs> uh, what, is, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information? If they have questions, that they want to come to your resources, be drawn to your resources. Well, my email, uh, can I say that? Totally. Uh, Bob at yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob at bobfox.org. <laughs> Bob at bobfox.org. Yeah, it's pretty easy. That'll work. I don't think I want to give out my cell number or anything. Oh, but, oh, uh, listen, listen. Yeah, try it. I've, Bob <laughs> at bobfox.org. <laughs> I've had one guest on the program uh, on this podcast, Tom Stammen. He's, he's actually my uh, overseer. He's uh, give, given me my recent ordination. Uh, I've interviewed oh, cool. him twice. He's the only prophet or the only person and the only prophet I've ever had on the program that gave out his personal phone number. I even wrote about it for Charisma Magazine. And he's like, yeah, people call, you know, and, and well, that's great for him. But man, I, wow. <laughs> I'll give out email and websites, but not my personal phone number. <laughs> God bless him. Yes. And, and of course, the books are on Amazon, Angel 24, uh, Healing America's Soul. So the purpose of the book is to help the church in America understand the power of repentance. I believe that uh, so many things God wants to do, waiting for the church to repent. And I'm a pastor. I know that pastors need to repent for their relationships or lack thereof between each other, for instance. I know there's a lot of sexual sin going on in churches today that's not being even challenged from the pulpit. There's a lot of lukewarmness in the church that really needs to be repented of. You know, very few churches have prayer meetings, corporate prayer meetings, that sort of a thing. The church has always had problems, uh, and repentance is is one of the quickest ways out of that. So the book, the books are designed to emphasize that God is waiting for the church to do its part, and then He will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal the land. And so far, the church hasn't, you know, all the craziness that's going on with COVID and all the other craziness going on in the world, I believe God is going to use it to awaken the sleeping giant of the American church. Before every great revival, chaos uh, was uh, growing stronger and stronger. If you look at the Wesleyan revivals or the, you know, here in America, the transformation videos by uh, George Otis, have you seen those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very yeah, yeah. So before, before every one of those revivals, the, the society was in chaos. 
Right. So as the pain as the pain of the chaos gets worse, and, and I, it will get worse, it's going to awaken the church to prayer, repentance, and collaborative action. And then God will be, be able to release a revival to a holy, repentant, praying church. Uh, and that's the only thing that's going to save America. The church is America's only hope. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're dropping truth. So, Bob, on this podcast, it's not just information, but it's also impartation and activation. Amen. Uh, I kind of feel because your heart is repentance. Can you lead our viewers, our listeners in repentance sure. and returning to our first love? Amen. That would be great. All right. Let's pray. Well, Father God, thank you for this opportunity to pray with Jared and with uh, those who are watching. Lord, we, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We don't come to you because we're good enough, because we've earned anything or deserve anything. We come to you simply and, and, and totally uh, by the grace of God that comes to us by being a child of God through faith in Jesus. And we come confidently and we thank you for the promises that if we repent, that you will forgive. Uh, if we confess, you will forgive. Lord, you're always looking to restore our relationship with you. You're always looking to restore our lands with you. Lord, but you, you're looking for us to do our part. So God, in the name of Jesus, we, we ask you to uh, help us to stand in the gap. Lord, we, we do stand in the gap on behalf of our cities, um, our, our states, our nations, our churches, our communities. Lord, we stand in the gap and we say, Father, forgive us for the sins of our forefathers that have been committed there, the sins against Native Americans, African Americans, against women. Uh, those three groups in particular have been greatly sinned against here in America. Lord, we ask you to heal our relationships with uh, those three groups. We ask you, God, to make uh, help us to be aware of what specific things we need to repent of so that we can be uh, set free from the penalties of those of, of those ancient sins, those uh, sins of the forefathers. We ask you, Lord, to deliver us from the current versions of those sins. And we confess, Lord, whatever we personally need to confess now for being involved in sexual sin, in division and strife, greed, um, for being ruled by the love of money more than the love of God, for, um, for not living mainly for you, but living for something else, Lord, we, we ask you to uh, warm our hearts again. Lord, pour out your spirit and draw us to you again as we seek you in confession and repentance that you would meet us. Because you said, if, you, if we seek you with all of our heart, we shall find you. Lord, and in you are the wellsprings of life. In you are the treasures of, of heaven. So God, we come to you now in the name of Jesus and we ask that the blood of Jesus would cause us to repent of every known sin. Would would ask Lord that you would help us to turn, not just to to confess it, but also to turn away from it by your grace to not go that direction anymore, but instead to walk with you, to be yoked with Jesus wherever He goes, we go. Whatever He loves, we love. Whatever He hates, we hate. And whatever He's doing, that we would do. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love us beyond our wildest imaginations and that you are coming uh, once more, Lord, to, to call us back to yourself. But before then, Lord, you want to save billions of people on this planet and give them a chance to make it to heaven through Jesus. So, Lord, purify us, refine us, do whatever you have to, God, to get us 
uh, on fire for you again, fervent again, so that the fervent prayers of your people, Lord, of righteous people will avail much for the salvation of many, for the healing of our nation and other nations. Lord, fill us, cleanse us, heal us, and send us, Lord, wherever you want, so that people will make it to heaven because of our witness, because of our love, because of our sacrifices. Lord, I just bless Jared and what he's doing here online to awaken, to revive, to uh, encourage, to bless the church. And I pray that the spirit of the living God would fall upon him afresh and all of his listeners, and that no one would just listen to these uh, messages or watch these shows and go away the same way, that they would be transformed from glory to glory, Father, for your, for your name's sake and for the sake of your church. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That was my friend, Bob Fox, Bob at bobfox.org. And the best place to purchase your books? Amazon for now. It'll be in bookstores later. Awesome. That's exciting. Thank you so very much. This was a great time with, with Bob. Guys, his stories, his life, his ministry. Again, Bob, thank you for your service. And guys, don't forget to subscribe to Adventures in the Spirit with Jerry Lasky podcast available anywhere and everywhere you listen to podcasts and be activated in Jesus' name. So much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com, and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit.